1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. You guys can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock, and I have the great pleasure to be joined for the first time on a show by my buddy Ryan McDowell from Dynasty League Football. Yeah, we're going to talk a ton about prospects, the draft, and Dynasty League strategy. But Ryan, you know, it's just great. It's just great to talk to you, man. It's great to get onto a show with you finally.
0: Yeah, it really is. It's it's weird. We, uh, I feel like we both, uh, we we've both been around for a while, uh, ten years now, or, or maybe even more. And uh, we we definitely have both done our share of podcasting, but never never met up until today. So it's 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 gonna be a good day.
1: It's it's gonna be a good day. I feel very excited. I am. Really jazzed about this crop of rookies. I think there's a ton of value, and I think the fact that there is such a, a strong tier at the top makes rookie drafts really interest uh, really interesting. So, how would you rate the strength of this rookie class? You know, relative to kind of the last four or five years in Dynasty.
0: Yeah, and I think what you hit on there is really really the difference maker with this class compared to the past three or four years is that. That strong top tier, which, of course, we always have. Sometimes it's one player. This time it's five. I think, I think there's five players at the top that have a, have a pretty strong case or at least could make a case if things break right to be the, the 101. And we haven't seen that. I'm not sure if I've ever seen that. I, I looked back at recent classes last year, Nikhil Harry and Josh Jacobs. Jacobs kind of uh, submitted himself as, as that top pick. Of course, two years ago, Barkley had that locked down in, in a tier of his own. Twenty seventeen was was maybe the closest thing that that has come to what what I think we're going to have this year. But even then, it was it was Corey Davis and Fournette at the top, and really, the, other than rare cases, people were not taking uh, Dalvin one hundred and one. They weren't taking McCaffrey one hundred and one. Um, I'm sure they wish they had now. Uh, and, and then looking back, even at twenty sixteen. That one, gosh, I, I wish I hadn't looked back at that. That that one was ugly. Zeke, Derek Henry, Michael Thomas later, and that was it. We had bust wide receivers at the top: Treadwell, Corey Coleman, Josh Dotson. So that was a rough year. Uh, I think this year is is going to compare pretty favorably to twenty seventeen, which is the standard for rookie drafts.
1: I think that I think that sounds about right. I mean you do you do make uh you know what i think is a, a pretty interesting point which is i mean there is a case for a lot of different guys to be drafted first overall and um i also think that in the you know these these uh formats now that are getting you know really popular which are the super flex best ball drafts that a lot of people do um you know there's there's gonna be there's there's seven guys in that top tier right kind of if you if you think that uh, that two uh Is in that tier, which I I kind of am of the belief that you know Joe Burrow and Tua are going to be in that top tier. So really, you know, we have Tua, we have Joe Burrow, uh, DeAndre Swift, Jerry Judy, Jonathan Taylor, CB Lamb, and JK Dobbins. I know some people would maybe would argue. uh, In fact, uh, Curtis Patrick, who we had on the show. Last week would argue that Jalen Rager belongs in that uh, that grouping. Some people think that that T Higgins does, but to me, I think those seven players are really sort of the the cream of the crop this year.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and and I do agree with you that if you're talking super flex or a two quarterback format, you throw Burrow and Tua in there, and now you you've got a top tier that's seven deep, which is ridiculous. But then you think about the second tier, Cam Akers. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Jalen Rager, as you mentioned, T. Higgins, uh, even Justin Herbert. Again, if you're thinking about superflex, I think there's a very real chance that, you know, in two or three or four years from now, this year's second tier is better than the twenty the 2019 first tier. Like if Cam Akers and Jalen Rager and and uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire are very reasonable, that they could be worth more than Sanders and Jacobs and and Nikhil Harry uh, who were, were the top picks last year
1: right yeah I, I think that is I think that is a really good point you know I think that um, like uh, like the 106 this year is a, a much more powerful bargaining chip in trades than it would be in most years because pretty much um, like everyone. It, it, everyone has a guy they like out of this, like whether it be Acres, whether it be Dobbins, whether it be Lamb. Like there, there is someone here or, or there's someone there that someone in your league really likes. Um, I, I know that uh, I saw a question asked on Twitter yesterday: Would you rather have Aaron Jones or the 101 in this draft? And the 101, uh, you know, just was winning in a, in a resounding fashion. And certainly, I do not think that that is the that that's not the median value of a one-on-one over the course of the off season.
0: Yeah. I think when you're talking about this point in the off season, of course, you've got to factor in that choice that we're all going to have. So if you, uh, if you look at Jones versus Swift or Jones versus Dobbins or Taylor, then, then maybe that poll goes a different way. We've, we've got our new ADP at DLF coming out. Jones is a mid second rounder. Swift, Taylor Dobbins are all third rounders. But when you compare the player to the pick, and you know you're going to get all the information of the combine and pro days and the NFL draft, and then in May or June you get to make that pick, uh, or or you even get to trade it for, um, you know, for e- even more than you gave up, then I think that's why that's why I would prefer the pick.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, they're, yeah. There's just there's a lot. the The pick is a very Fun, like uh, it's it's a fungible asset. You can you can just do a lot with that pick. So speaking of picks, uh, I I just jumped into the deep end of the kitchen sink dynasty league. And uh, so for for the listeners' benefit and for my benefit a little bit, I I would love for you to explain uh, the the concept of the league and and just how intense it gets.
0: Sure, sure. So um, basically, it's been it's probably been six or seven, eight years ago. Maybe I was, um, I, I was thinking about dynasty leagues and some of the different formats. And, and at this point uh, even things like, um, like devi leagues were, were not all that common. They were, they were growing, but uh, certainly not as popular as they are now. Same thing for super flex leagues. And I'm just thinking about all these different types of leagues I'm in or, or that I commission. I had, this one that was Devi, and another one that was super flex. And I, I finally just thought, why not put this all together? And, uh, and then the name kitchen sink came pretty quickly that we're going to have basically everything we can get into this one league. So uh, at this point, there are five of them. I started, I basically started a new one each off season. So they're uh, like I said, they're six or seven years old now. And, and they've been, They've been a real hit. Um, they include their auction leagues, first of all. So everything auction, no drafts at all. Uh, we have rookie auction, devi auction, multiple free agent uh, auctions in the offseason. Their contract leagues, uh, as I already mentioned, Debbie, Superflex, tight end premium. Um, and, and then we use the second chance rule, which basically every year you get the, the opportunity to throw all your players, all your picks back into the pool and, uh, and do, that, you know, do that auction all over again with, with other teams who make that same choice or, like you, with, with new owners coming in to take over teams. Uh, so it, it's been really fun. The, my favorite thing is, uh, about these leagues is that the off season is really, you know, that's really the party. That's what it's really all about, and, and that's true of a lot of dynasty leagues. But we have, basically have something scheduled every month uh, from From March until the beginning of the uh, the beginning of the NFL season. So, uh, I know I know. Obviously, you and and a lot of people really get into Dynasty in the off season, uh, and then, you know, maybe maybe spread your wings a little bit in the regular season, playing DFS or or gambling or whatever it might be. So, I think this is going to be the perfect league for you. You can kill it in the off season and, and rest during the regular season a little bit.
1: No, I love it. I mean, because like, what what's going on right now? Like, what is there for me to gamble on right now? You know, we're we're sitting we're sitting here, and it's 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 Thursday, February thirteenth, and you know, it's like the the NBA is on All Star break, and uh, you know, golf has already started for the week, and it's like, yeah, like I have like these next seventy two hours, uh, like I can just I can just focus really hard on all of my dynasty leagues. Like I have a, a bunch of trades to send out, and uh, you know, a, a bunch of a bunch of stuff to do like that. So I I totally love the concept and. For those of you guys who listen to this podcast and maybe you're only in one dynasty league, or maybe you haven't, uh, you know, started to really spread your, maybe you haven't joined one yet. You know, I, I really would encourage you to, you know, join more. Like, cause I, I, I do, I think that uh, like for me, I actually think dynasty fantasy football is like the best way to play fantasy football, 12 team super flex best ball dynasty leagues with, uh, two starting tight ends as well. That is my favorite form of fantasy football.
0: Yeah, there's, there's really nothing better than dynasty. I, I know I'm definitely a little biased on that, but um, it, you know, you, you just have it year round. And I, I tell people if you get to uh, the playoffs in your your seasonal league or if you get to the uh, you get to the Super Bowl and, and you're a DFS player and, and you're disappointed to see football go, football go and, and you want more, then dynasty leagues are, are really what you need to dip your toe into next.
1: Yeah. I mean it, and it's just it's just a way to to care about everything on the calendar. You know, you're gonna be there. You're like like the the Combine's coming up on February twenty seventh and I'm like I am all the way there for it. Like I, I'm going to be so excited and ready to tune into the combine, which uh, you know, without without caring about dynasty, what what would be the point? You know, why why is someone who doesn't play in dynasty leagues why are they going to turn into the combine? Like it, it like just being able to enjoy every event in the NFL calendar is a is a big reason why dynasty is so great.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I do I do a tweet. Uh, I put a tweet out about I don't know once a week, once every couple of weeks, and it's just a it's just a countdown tweet counting down to the combine, to the NFL draft, to free agency. And, and there's no commentary. It's, it's just a list. And, and it's funny that those are some of uh, some of the tweets that get the most interaction and, uh, and, and the most feedback from people because, like you're saying, dynasty players and, and fantasy players in general just, are just so excited and uh, ready for that action.
1: Yeah, definitely. So uh, let's, uh, let's get into the nitty-gritty a little bit here. Uh, I want to talk some uh, some specific player values. Who are uh, three of your biggest sell candidates right now?
0: I think when you're talking about sells in dynasty, uh, you really need to start at the top because yeah. it's it's easy to it's easy to say Derrick Henry is a sell. It's easy to say Leonard Fournette is a seller or, or even Julio Jones and, and that's are, fine. Are, you ready
1: for a, are you ready for a controversial opinion? I, I think Leonard Fournette might be a buy, actually.
0: Well, yeah, I think all three of those guys could be potentially buys because everybody basically is on board with selling them. So you're, you're not going to get the, the return that you might be hoping for. So for me, I'm, I'm starting at the top. I'm looking at our ADP or looking at rankings, whatever your go-to tool is. And I'm thinking about those players in the first round that I think might not be there next year. So we've been tracking a a dynasty ADP at DLF since 2013. And on average from year to year, five players are falling out of that first round. Every single year, five players are churning in and out. So looking at current ADP in the first round, who do I think might fall out next year that I want to maximize value and sell right now? Uh, Ezekiel Elliott is the easy one for me. I know- I know you guys. You've talked about that on here before. I remember. I think it was Graham that mentioned that. Totally on board with that one. Um, I would not be surprised if he's out of the first round next year, and that that doesn't mean he's not going to have a good year or he he's not going to have value this time next year. But I do think he's in for uh, for a big value loss. And moving from the from the 105, which is where he is now, to outside of the top 12 is a significant value loss. Um, DeAndre Hopkins is another one, and really for a lot of the same reasons. Uh, and, and then Dalvin Cook as well. All three of those guys, I think, are uh, – I think this is the ideal time to sell them. W- with, with Nuke, there's just so many pivots, right? So many other younger wide receivers yeah. that, are, that are being drafted below him that you can, you can pivot to. DJ Moore, Chris Godwin, Tyreek, uh, even Cooper – AJ Brown, if you want to gamble a little bit, there's just too many options that you could move him for.
1: Right. No, I I uh I you know I I completely agree with uh with those listed options. I mean, so I own I own Elliott in the dynasty league. And honestly, guys, if you're in a league with if you're in this league with me and you want him, the the price is gonna be lower than pretty much everyone else. Cause I'm also a self-hating Cowboys fan. So, uh, you know, <laughs> watching, watching him, you know, play out that horrible contract and get worse. I just, I don't really want to be involved. Uh, I, I wonder another guy who I think is a really interesting sell candidate, um, could be Alvin Kamara. If we think that this is Drew Brees last year, uh, you know, and, and we already saw, you know, Kamara was one of the most efficient players in the NFL the first two seasons of his career. When that efficiency took a hit, it was uh, it was it was rough to watch last year uh, for Alvin Kamara. So I I kind of think Kamara is another one of those guys where you could probably you could get just the moon for Alvin Kamara right now, and like I, I think whoever like someone in your league still values Kamara like he did not just have an injury filled 2019 season.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, I think I do think the running backs and and Cook and Zeke are included in this as well. Even though I mentioned them, I think they're harder to sell because of the, the pivot options. Yeah. Um, so you can basically pivot to one of the rookies, um, or if you if you think Joe Mixon is a top three talent in the league, which I've heard <clears throat> I've heard many people say, then then that's an option. But I, I'm looking at some trades that have gone down with, with Elliot, and you're a seller. I would be a seller. I actually don't own him in any of my leagues, but uh, I, I would be with you. I'd be a seller if I could. Uh, but these are real trades that have gone down in, in my fantasy league, MFL leagues, and we have this on, on DLF. So it, I just kind of want to see where, where your price point is at. Elliot, Benny Snell, so we're talking throw-in, of course, yeah. and a future second. So basically Zeke and a second for Christian Kirk and Zach Ertz. This is, uh,
1: this is, are we assuming this is not a tight end premium? Just this regular.
0: No, right. No tight end premium. This is just straight PPR I, one, one quarterback.
1: I would, I would just, I would just rather, I would just rather just eat it with Zeke than do yep. that. There's, there's just yep. no point in that. Yeah.
0: I agree. Uh, I'll go ahead and tell you I would take this deal, the next one. Uh, I want to see see what you think. Zeke and, and Jace Sternberger for DJ Moore, Tariq Cohen and a 2020 first rounder. So a first rounder this year, we that, don't, know, I mean, don't know don't know where it I, is. I,
1: when I redo my dynasty rankings later next week, I I might have DJ Moore in the first round anyway. Like yeah. That, like yeah, like I like I I think I think that's slam dunk to DJ Moore side.
0: Yeah. Another, actually a second trade with Moore is Zeke and this, this is an IDP league. So it's some random defensive lineman, Zeke and Sam Hubbard for DJ Moore and Todd Gurley. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, so, that's, like, what, that's what, smash. Is there I even think. that
1: big of a difference in value between Gurley and Zeke right now?
0: There isn't trade value. Gurley, Gurley is. Yeah. He probably it, get,
1: it, he would get you nothing on his own.
0: Yeah. I'm, Honestly, you probably can't get a first-rounder for Gurley.
1: Yeah, that's wild, but it's true. Yeah, yeah I can't imagine. Yeah, people <clears throat> would just rather have. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so those those are some of the recent trades uh, going down with Zeke. I looked at the same type list for DeAndre Hopkins, and that's really what what caused me to put him on that list is just so many pivot options. You saw package deals involving DJ Moore, and Cortland Sutton and Juju and uh, and Cooper. So, getting those, getting younger at the position, buying back years is what I call it, and then getting a pick or or a, another prospect on top, I think is a, is a pretty smart move to make with, with Hopkins at this point.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, if you can, like, uh, just for example, you know, if you could, if you could just trade DeAndre Hopkins for Juju Smith Schuster for Tyreek Hill for something like just, just a straight up swap. I think I would do that just based on the, uh, based on the age. Uh, okay. I I wanted to, I wanted to ask you about Josh Jacobs. Do you think he is maybe a sell? So pretty young, uh, obviously had a, a, you know, a passable rookie year, but kind of seems like the Raiders are just not ever going to use him as a pass catcher. And they actually extended, um jaylen richard's contract i think they gave him a three-year 12 million dollar deal is i i believe what happened um so like what 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 upside are we thinking we're going to get from josh jacob's I, I feel like maybe his his value in trades right now is higher than the value he will ever give you in your lineup
0: yeah i agree and, and i'm on board with selling him as well um I, if. Feels like last year we we bashed and we bashed Derrick Henry every week for not being that pass catcher and and somehow we just gave Josh Jacobs uh, a free pass on that maybe because it, he was a rookie maybe because we were hoping time would change that but with so many so many running back options in that range we just don't have to wait around I think you can you could flip him for Aaron Jones you could flip him for uh, the one three or one four and take one of these uh, take one of these rookie running backs. I did a poll the other day that was Jacobs versus Miles Sanders and Jacobs won that pretty convincingly. I'm, I'm on the other oh, side. I'd I, rather would, have Sanders. I yeah. would rather have Sanders as well. Um, so if I'm trading Jacobs, Sanders is actually probably my first target and I might show them that, that poll and, and hope that sways things.
1: Yeah, I I I, uh, I definitely like I definitely like that uh, that logic there. So let's uh, let's flip it. Let's go let's go uh, the other direction. Uh, I let's let's look at uh, some some buys. And you know I, I think that um, of course there is the uh, the the popular you know just buy a young guy who wasn't very good as a rookie. But uh, you know like like for example. Is there a dynasty fantasy analyst out there who is not going to recommend in Keel Harry as a buy over the off season?
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I would, and and like you said, those are easy ones. I'm I'm definitely up for taking a chance on, on Harry, or uh, I still like Damian Harris. That that one hurt, but yeah, any of those guys, their price has come down so much that you can, you can afford to take a chance, and and even if they do bust. Uh, it, it, it's worth a shot, I think. But <clears throat> it, it for me, it's the same kind of the same mentality as as selling. I want to start at the top, uh, a little bit lower, maybe looking at second or third round and thinking who could ascend, who's who's going to be a first rounder next year. Uh, so I I think it starts with Juju Smith Schuster. He uh, was nearly the 101 this time last year. In fact, I, I mean people were. People were pushing him even, even though I'm a huge fan, I was not in that club, but people were pushing him to be the wide receiver one or even the top overall pick. Uh, now he's outside of round one. I, after I was
1: definitely one of those people. Juju is my number one overall dynasty player last year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and you weren't alone. I mean, there were a lot of those. So, um, can, can certainly see him moving back into that first round. I, I just think, I just think everything went wrong last year. Um, bend back and 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 improving that offense in general I think it's it's easy to see a path that he regains quite a bit of value Uh, he's wide receiver seven right now Uh, so uh, again lots of pivot options most of the guys in front of him uh, outside of Hopkins are, are also those young wide receivers so I don't know that it makes a lot of sense to sell Godwin or Tyreek or or a Cooper for Juju Smith-Schuster, but maybe finding that that owner in your league, or finding that league where the owner is just so frustrated after last year, and and maybe is worried that uh, that 2019 was the real Juju. Uh, those those would right. be the ones that I would take advantage of. Uh, Kyler Murray would be another one. Yeah, uh,
1: Kyler is such a good one.
0: <clears throat> yeah, so. Uh, the discount is not going to be as, as big as I thought it was, uh, or I was hoped it would be maybe. He's locked in as quarterback four um, in, in our ADP. So, so you've got the big three of, of Jackson, Mahomes, and Watson. And, and then Kyler is, is kind of knocking on the door. He, uh, he opened up a little bit of space in our ADP between himself and Dak and, and Russell Wilson this month. So the price is already going up basically my thought with Murray is uh, it's really all about the quarterback position as a whole, not just, uh, not just Kyler. I I think for so long we've been able to rest on the, the late round quarterback strategy. And that's, that's worked so well in, in dynasty and in redraft. And we're starting to see a lot of those guys just age out of the league. And you can't just, rely on getting i mean yeah what if you
1: what if you've had philip rivers for the last decade and uh and all of a sudden like uh, like i actually i've been uh one of my buddies has a fan like a, a two quarterback league where he has philip rivers and tom brady and he's like we've been we've been discussing trade scenarios like what he should do with those guys and like like ben roethlisberger is there uh people have you know had andy dalton uh in there like there are a lot there's just a, there's so much turnover at quarterback, like in this 12 month period that we are in.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and we've, never, we've never seen anything like this where so many quarterbacks could be switching teams. Um, I don't even know if Rivers lands a job, honestly. So uh, we'll, we'll see. But basically, all of that turmoil, um, some of those players that we've been able to rely on as, um, at, at the very least, low-end QB1s. They're, they're retiring. They're uh, sh- showing signs of aging. That's making that top tier even more valuable. And, and buying Lamar Jackson, buying Patrick Mahomes, e- even Watson at this point is probably not realistic. You're, you're going to have to overpay to get any of those guys. So Kyler, by default, is kind of the next target for me. But as I said, he, he's not going to be cheap either for sure.
1: No, uh you you are definitely you're definitely going to have to give uh like hey here here's a good one. Two quarterback league, super flex league. You have the 106. Do you think that gets you Kyler?
0: Oh, no. Yeah. It, right? it, it shouldn't. I mean, he's worth more than he's worth more than Burrow. So he should be worth right. more than the, than the 101. Um right, he he should be. Uh, so if you can get him for uh, for anything less than one oh one in in a super flex, it's a steal.
1: Yeah. Uh so a couple of the guys, a couple of the guys, younger guys, you know, that you're gonna have to you're gonna have to pay for these guys that I like. Cortland Sutton, I I think has, you know, just rocket potential. Uh especially yep. if Drew if I mean if Drew Locke is even uh, a C plus NFL quarterback, I think Sutton could be seventy-five catches, eleven hundred yards, eight touchdowns for the next five years right like he just he really to me seems like that uh you know that kind of player michael gallup you can get him a little bit cheaper gallup is actually probably my favorite dynasty buy that there is so you know mike mccarthy came in whatever i i'm i'm not gonna i'm not gonna make a judgment on mccarthy yet but (laughs) yeah kellen kellen moore is still the offensive coordinator the Dallas Cowboys led the NFL in yards per play last year, and Gallup was good. You know, when, when Amari Cooper was struggling, he couldn't stay healthy. Michael Gallup was just, I mean, he was so good. And so, for example, in the Dynasty League football rankings that you guys have, Michael Gallup is 47th uh, in uh, the uh, cumulative rankings, and Terry McLaurin is 53rd. Uh, like, I, like, I think Gallup is just so much better of a Dynasty asset than someone like McLaurin basically like, like Gallup has done it. He's uh, super young for his production. You know, he's still only 23 and he's attached to, uh, you know, just a great offense and uh, a capable quarterback.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And and it's funny you would mention those two guys because in our February ADP, which is, is not even published yet. They're right beside each other. So McLaurin uh, 55.8 ADP Gallup 56.3 both mid fifth rounders and I agree with you I'd, I'd much rather have Gallup uh, also like Sutton I, I like buying those guys in that in that range uh, anywhere from late second to, to early fifth that you're really betting on these are going to be the next studs these are going to be right. the next top five top 10 wide receiver or running back uh, I mean, DJ Moore is an easy one. He's getting more expensive every single day. He's a, uh, he's a mid-second rounder at this point, basically the same value as Amari Cooper. So not cheap, but if you think that DJ Moore is going to be a, a first-round ADP-type player uh, by midseason, which, which I can certainly be on board with, then you pay that price now. Uh, DK Metcalf, similar situation. He's a little bit cheaper, early fourth-rounder right now. Uh, but could easily see him being a second rounder. Eat really even before the season begins.
1: Yeah, I mean that. I, so that is just uh, just in general good advice. Like you like right now, if you were going to try and send trade offers for Michael Thomas, you know Devonte Adams, those guys. Like it's just going to be or Chris Godwin. Right, it's just—I mean—it's going to be so hard to get those guys. Like, you're—you're you're probably just not going to be able to trade for Chris Godwin. You would have been able to trade for Chris Godwin last year, and it would have been expensive. You would have felt like you were paying too much. But when—when when you are right, like when you are—when you are right that the guy that the wide receiver is going to go to the entirely next level, it's like it, it feels like a complete bargain a year later.
0: Yeah, and and Gallup really feels a little like Godwin, at least from their situation that, um, you know, that one concern with Godwin was he's got Mike Evans in front of him. And it was crazy this time last year, or, or even all the way up until the season started to say that Godwin would outscore Mike Evans or be more valuable than Mike Evans. Uh, I, I know there were people out there saying that, uh, our buddy Scott Barrett included, but it, it was not popular. It was kind of looked at as, as a little crazy but it, with Gallup and Amari Cooper maybe it's the same thing
1: oh yeah I mean I I see no reason especially now that they are removing the awful Jason Witten targets from the uh the offense like that is like that is uh that's going to be a big thing and uh you know it's Callum Moore they're they're going to get they're he's going to get even better that I I think that they are going to I think that they are are going to figure things out. That that is that is my current expectation is that they're they're just going to continue to get even better on offense. Uh okay digging into some more rookie stuff, what uh what rookie do you think you like pretty much more than anyone else in the industry?
0: This one's a little easy because it's a homer pick. Uh, Lynn, Bowden. A, <laughs> Lynn Bowden Jr. Uh yeah, Kentucky can, can pretty much do it all and had to do it all for Kentucky uh, this year and really each season of his career. Um, so he's looking like a third rounder, maybe even fourth rounder in, in our ADP. He's He was wide receiver 19 in our rookie ADP. He's wide receiver 11 for me. And, and honestly, I could see him going even a little bit higher than that. I think he's one of these guys that's going to have – surprising draft capital for maybe people who um, haven't really been digging in too much yet or, or maybe don't follow college football too closely. I definitely will not be surprised if he's a a day two pick in the NFL and like so many of these guys, especially, you know, you, you could call him a gadget guy, which that's kind of an unfair label to me. That just means you can do a lot of things, right? Uh, but it's, it's landing spot dependent really for him so,
1: I mean, but, there, are, there are a lot more, there's just a lot more room for quote unquote gadget guys, the way offenses are calling plays now, than there would have been, I mean, even five years ago, like, I mean, everyone has, name, name your favorite gadget player, uh, Dexter McCluster. Like, I mean, there just has been, there's been so many of them, but also, I mean, Bowden is uh, different kind of in other guys that get profiled that way and that he's big and that he was a workhorse in college. So maybe maybe a team thinks that he is a gadget guy, but I, I don't see any reason why the team that drafts him won't expect to give him a ton of touches right away.
0: Yeah, and, and he is just so versatile. I mean, the, the story, if you, did, if you didn't watch Kentucky all season, the story is they lost their starting quarterback early in the season. I think it was game uh, game two or three. They go to the backup, who's inexperienced. He gets hurt, and, and eventually they turn uh, they turned to Bowden as as their starter. He was he was their top wide receiver, and in fact he almost uh, he almost led the team in receiving, uh, even though he only played receiver three or four games. He led the entire SEC in rushing as that uh, Wildcat type quarterback. Uh, he, I mean he can't he can't throw the ball. That let's not <laughs> let's not. Uh, you know be confused about that even though he played quarterback uh, for almost the entire season he was a runner he was an impressive runner uh and and to lead the sec in in rushing and then uh you know go to the nfl go to the combine as a receiver is is not a story we see every year
1: right yeah no it, it, it's very true i i um you know, I, I, I think uh, there are a couple guys that I am going to like a little bit more, but it, it's always hard to tell. You know, it, it, we, we haven't even gotten to the combine yet. There, there will for sure be three or four guys that put on insane combines that I'll be like, oh, you know, this guy, this guy is awesome. But right <laughs> now, right now, uh, some guys that I really like are Denzel Mims. Uh, I think that. I he's like probably close to a second rounder for me right now in rookie drafts. And that is, that's not really the way that uh, that's not really the way that he's being ranked. And uh, Jalen hurts. I mean, Jalen hurts. If he, like, I'm assuming that he will be drafted as a quarterback. And if Jalen hurts is drafted as a quarterback and he starts games, that dude is going to be awesome for fantasy. Cause he's going to run 10, 12 times a game. And any team that drafts him is going to draft him knowing that. It's not like they're going to draft Jalen Hurts and be like, all right, well, we got, we, you know, great, we got a pocket passer for the next five years. Like, they, they're going to be drafting him knowing what they're doing. And, 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 you know, I guess I'm being a homer too, but, like, I think he can play quarterback in the NFL. Like, he, he's a good football player.
0: Yeah, I like both of those calls. So Mims is actually uh, the 24th player drafted in our rookie ADP. So uh, you're, you're kind of in line there. Uh, he's, he's a late second rounder. Um, Hurts, though, in one quarterback format, 55 overall. Most of my rookie drafts don't even go that deep. So if you're in a league that drafts before the uh, before the NFL draft, that's maybe – a spot where you can take a shot and in, in, in with your final pick, grab Jalen Hurts because I totally agree with you. You're, you're you're risking nothing, and if he, you know, he might not start. He might not. That might not be the path. Uh, but if he does, he's going to score well because, as you said, everybody in the league knows what to expect from him. I was really surprised. We also have Superflex rookie ADP, twenty seven overall for Jalen Hurts. Uh, and Jake, Jake Fromm actually went ahead of him. I mean, that's
1: that's absurd. Yeah. That's Jake Fromm, Jake, any of those guys going ahead of him. That's absurd.
0: Yeah. So Jalen hurts as an early third rounder in, in a super flex rookie draft would just, would just be silly.
1: Yeah. I mean, so I'm in a, I'm in a couple leagues that, uh, as like an added wrinkle, they do their, they do their draft before the rookie draft, before the NFL draft. Yeah. And Jalen is gonna be a steal in that format, I think, because uh, yeah, it's just like you, it's it's, it's gonna be a complete gamble. And, and actually, in those leagues last year, um, Daniel Jones went super late. Daniel Jones was like a third or fourth rounder in some of those. And I mean, uh, like Daniel, I mean, you know, he's a first round, he's a first round pick. No, I don't think Jalen Hurts is gonna be a first round pick. But if you, if any of you do happen to play in a format like that uh in the the just just with your third fourth round picks just take quarterbacks you think are going to be drafted because they have a a great chance to improve in value very shortly
0: yeah absolutely are those those one quarterback I sam
1: uh no no uh so one of them is a one quarterback and then one of them is a two quarterback that i'm in that i'm in that way And, and daniel jones went really late in both of them
0: yeah, that's crazy. Daniel Jones was, and it's, it's really the same exact thing as Josh Allen. Uh, it's like we all hear fantasy analyst and, and draft, you know, draft nicks and whatever you want to say, just trash these guys and say how bad they were. And I mean, I, you know, I was no different from that. Um, although I, I mean, I don't consider myself like a scout or anything like that, but, right. um, And then you get into dynasty rookie drafts that are super flex and it happened both years. Those guys fell to the second round. It was, it was almost like you were, you were shamed, uh, ashamed of taking these guys uh, when really you should have just been, uh, you know, laughing all the way to the bank, I guess, and grabbing them in the late first round or early second round. Yeah. I mean,
1: it is, it is, uh, it is very true. Uh, all right. So one last little bit, uh, just, uh, just a little strategy thing. Uh, if you owned the one Oh seven in standard or one Oh nine two QB leagues so where we think that the, uh, that the tier break is, uh, what is your strategy with that rookie pick?
0: So I, I, the easy answer is to try to move up. If you're, if you're one Oh seven, uh, in, in a single quarterback, I, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy to move inside that top five. So it really depends on what your tiers look like. So to me, the second tier is uh, is Jalen Rager, Cam Akers, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, T. Higgins is in there. So I'm pretty comfortable just, just honestly sitting there and taking one of those guys. Maybe I move up uh, one spot. I, I check the price on that to move up to six and see... Uh, if I can have my choice of those guys, because with so many, uh, so many of those second tier guys, one of them I think is going to hit. Whether it means Jalen Rager tearing up the combine and, and gaining some value, which is definitely realistic. Maybe it means Acres or Edwards Eller landing in Kansas City or Tampa Bay or or just one of those ideal landing spots that gives them elite value. It, something like that happens. And now suddenly the top tier is, is not five deep. Now it's six or seven or eight deep. Um, So that that would really, really be my plan in, in both drafts. Um, Try to move up. Even if I can't move up into the, that top tier, move up and take advantage of those uh, late value risers.
1: Yeah. I I think, I think that, uh, that is very good and very sound advice. Ryan. Thank you so much for, for joining the show, man. Tell people about all the awesome stuff you guys have going on over at DLF.
0: Yeah, we've got a ton. As I said, we've got a new ADP that uh, includes the rookies, which is always always an exciting time. We've got rookie ADP, super flex ADP, and we'll have our startup ADP posted soon. Uh, we actually, late, uh, late last year, we acquired FF Statistics, and they have a ton of Uh, cool tools and and data and uh, all kinds of things. So we've been incorporating that into our site at DLF slowly uh, but surely. So basically each week we're releasing uh, a a new tool that you used to find over there and uh, Addison and those guys are coming up with some new things as well. Uh, We also have kicked off a uh, YouTube channel and lots of video content. Ray Garvin is doing some rookie breakdowns uh we've got mailbag shows we've got all kinds of things so uh check that out as well and and become a subscriber on youtube and at dlf
1: there we go everyone uh give ryan a follow on twitter and uh you know tell him how much you enjoyed his insight on this show and uh hopefully we will have him on again at some point in this uh in this off season